Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast, where we empower, educate, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I am your host, Corinthian Carruthers II, and thank you for listening. I am a licensed beauty educator, licensed cosmetologist, and natural hair culturist. I am co-owner of Creative Hair School of Cosmetology and creator of Natural Hair Education, where I guide, teach, and coach beauty school students and professional stylists on their path towards mastering and increasing their value and income in natural hair care and braiding. On this platform, we will discuss real hair stories, break myths, and grow in self-love. Hey everyone, on today's episode, I have a great conversation with a good friend by the name of Roderick Samuels. If you have not heard of him, I need you to go check him out right now on Instagram. Find out what he's doing. Keep up with him because he is breaking grounds in the beauty and barber industry. He is calling out for diversity in education and in programs and in schools. So listen, go grab your beauty school friends. Grab your hairstylists, your barbers, tell them to tune in to this episode of Natural Hair Education and listen to Roger Samuels as he talk about solidarity, diversity, and keeping up with your education and your skills in this industry. Here is Roger Samuels' bio. Roderick is recognized as a renowned leader in cutting-edge educational methods in barber education and men's grooming. And... As a subject matter expert in the field of barber styling education, he raised the bar in personal appearance education. He has been an educator and consultant for publishers and manufacturers, as well as the exciting and electric advanced educational powerhouse, Hair Lab Detroit, and now Hair Lab Detroit Barber School. Roderick has been named a finalist in two of the most prestigious awards for the beauty industry. International AIPP Award for his men's collection in 2016, NAHA 2017 for Men's Hairstylist of the Year Award, and International Visionary Award for Men's Stylist of the 2017 and 18. Let me just add that Roderick is also an educator for an um, amazing tool company that I'm sure every one of us have heard of. He's also... Um, helping out with curriculums in the barbering industry. So look out for his name, follow him guys on Instagram and keep up with the changes that is going to happen within this industry. Here's my conversation with Roderick. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Roderick. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm happy. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. Yes. Let me just tell you something really quick. I'm not sure if you know this, but I feel like my family pulled you in. Like we actually, <laughs> we've been following you for some time now. Um, my brother is the one who came across Hair Lab Detroit. He's like, yo, we got to get him here. We got to like, look at them. Look what they're doing. Like we need to connect with them. And it's just so, you know, funny how you put that energy out there. And then look. It happens. Know- <laughs> it happens. Shout out to Q. What's up, boy? See you out so I'm so happy to have you on the show. Um, can you just briefly let us know who you are and the things that you do? Sure. Um, well, my name is Roderick Samuels. That's R-O-D-R-I-C-K. 
Don't put an E in my name. Those are fighting words. And um, um, I am the director of education and, um, and uh, curriculum diversity um, here at Hair Laboratory at Barber School. Um, we're located in Southgate, Michigan. Um, I'm also, um, I've been uh, an Andes educator uh, for Andes Clipper Company for well over a decade now. And um, I've also recently helped to um, help to write the uh, Fundamentals of Barbering textbook for Pivot Point International. So, um, I'm, I, and, and, and now my new role is activist because I'm, I'm really fighting for a lot of diversity and inclusivity um, in our beauty and barber schools all across the country. So it's kind of just a little bit about what I do, but uh, I, um, I'm on the back, I'm on the back of a lot of deals and, and, and just really want to want to see our industry shine and, and for um, every student, barber student, cosmetology student is out there to really get a great and fair education. So yeah. just a little bit about me. Come on, come on through. You are so powerful. You're such a, a strong powerhouse. And I'm so happy that we have you in the industry. I know you're part of the beauty industry, I mean, the barber industry, but I look at it as one whole big conglomerate as a family. So we're Absolutely. all in the beauty industry together. And I just appreciate the role that you're taking when it comes to a diverse education. How did you get started? Like, how did you actually get started in this industry, in this field? So um, I started off being the bathroom barber um, and the kitchen titian. So uh, I used to, <laughs> I used to, uh, I used to cut hair in my, in my mom' bathroom. And when I was in high school, like all my all my wrestling teammates and my football teammates, I would always cut their hair before games. And um, I went off to college. Um, I was an education major, um, and uh, I got uh, I got abducted from college by my parents because my grades made it home before I did. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mom, 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 and dad didn't. Um, they uh, they couldn't they couldn't qualify for financial aid, so they had to pay for my schooling out of pocket, and um, I was up there wasting the good folk money. So, um, so I'm a college, uh, uh, <laughs> not a college kickout, but I'm more of a, a college abductee. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know even. When when I was in college, before parties and stuff like that, I was doing all the haircuts in my apartment. And by the time I got to the party, the party was over. But um, I did real—I didn't really realize that I had a craft until um, I actually got out. I, you know, when I when I left college, and um, my mom kind of gave me a decision, like, you know, you can't stay in my house like this. So what are you going to do? And my sister, God bless her soul, man, she's she's awesome. She's just been so, you know just by planting that seed in my mind, she was like, well, you always been cutting hair. Have you ever thought about doing that? And I'm like, no, not really. She was like, well, why don't you go try it out? So um, 24 years later, I celebrated my 24th year in the personal appearance industry this month, 24 years later after failing at college and um, going to barber school for a little while, but it, w it still wasn't for me. So I did an apprenticeship um, and did 1,920 hours in the state of South Carolina um, to become a licensed barber. And then um, it still wasn't enough um, because I felt like I was leaving money on the table. So then I went and go went to cosmetology school at night. Um, didn't have the money, but what I did was I kind of bartered with the, the director. I said, well, I'll look, I'll oversee the night program if you allow me to get my education for free. And she said, yeah. So, um, so I'm dual licensed in the state of South Carolina as a barber and cosmetologist. Um, and, but then when I moved to Michigan, they made me choose. And because I'm in the barber industry, I chose my barber's license. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I got started. Oh, that is a great story. And, Co Thank and you. 
but kudos to you being dual licensed. That's amazing. And well, now no. that explains why you have so much information and so much knowledge to bring to this whole industry. <laughs> I knew it was something. I knew it was something. Secret sauce. It's the secret yes, sauce. it is. So along this journey, um, what's some of the struggles that you face? Because I know that, you know, you are a, uh, a barber school owner, you and your wife. So is my family. And we see students come through our school, and even those who struggle in the industry that's trying to make it. What's something, what's some of the struggles that you see a lot of your students have or things that you may have faced and how you was able to overcome them or how you encourage your students to get past those struggles? You know what, that's, a, that's an awesome question. And, um, you know, I think on a, on a personal level, um, uh, my, my relationship with God is, is number one, is super important. Um, I'm a very, very um, spiritual person, you know, raised up in the church and stuff like that. And um, I, I really kind of rely on my faith and my positive mental attitude into a lot, you know, kind of, kind of forcing me into um, being comfortably uncomfortable. So for the listeners out there, I, I just want to kind of explain that a little bit. I think, I think that in order for us to really reach ultimate levels of success, I think the first thing that needs to happen is failure, right? So a lot of people, when, you don't, when, you, when you've never failed at something, you don't really understand the importance of getting back up and, and doing this thing again. And with the school that, we're, that we have now, we've been blessed with, this is not my first school. My first school, I actually lost it failed. Like I, I got kicked out of, I got kicked out of it, <clears throat> but within a week's time, I did it again. You know, and my dad was like, well, why don't you just open up a barber, a barbershop? I'm like, I want I'm going to reopen my barber school. And he's like, well, a barbershop would be so much easier. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I need to do this school. And through prayer, patience, and persistence, those were the three things that helped me to get over some of over my failures, but also having just living in expectancy and having just like this unmatchable faith, those are some things on a personal level that helped me to kind of overcome some of the things that, that I went through. Um, I, I've never shared this on a podcast or a video or anything like this before, and, I, and I'll share it with you because I feel like um, your audience would, would really appreciate this. Um, at one point in my life, I was so low, I had to reach up to touch bottom. And my mom passed away. My, I lost my business. And my car got repossessed at the same time. But never giving up, living in expectancy, prayer, persistence, and patience, those three things actually helped me to overcome all of these things, you know. Um, I, 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 I want to use just a, 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 a little excerpt from Les Brown, who's one of my favorite motivational speakers, and, and he, his business was in Detroit for some time. He said, if you're going to fall, fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. And that's right. And, and luckily, when I fell, I still had support of my dad, um, my sister, my younger brother at the time, my friends and some other family, and they helped to kind of push and elevate me into the right direction. But, uh, but, but leadership is lonely. And I don't think that, mm. that a lot of people really understand the things that we have to do on the back end of a business to make it look so good. We make it look easy. Um, so um, that's kind of like a perfect segue into students. Because I think students with Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok, they look at all these people and they wish that they had these, you know, they think that these people have these grandiose, amazing lives. And in actuality, it's a picture. 
one of the biggest social media um, lessons that nobody teaches is that people believe what they see, not necessarily what's truthful, right? So if, if, if any of your listeners remember the movie Jaws, right? It was, I'm from, the, I'm from the coast. I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. So sharks and stuff like that, it's a real thing, right? If you watch Jaws, it means you didn't even want to take a bath. Like you didn't want to get, you didn't, you didn't even want to get in water because you felt a shark was going to come through the drain. Remember the movie Psycho? Like it, it had grown men that didn't even, you know, people didn't want to go to the beach. People didn't want to take showers anymore. So when it comes to social media and when we're encouraging the next wave of future professionals, we have to be very, very, I like to call it hyper aware. We have to instill in them such a, a level of hyper awareness to where they can't be swayed or, or misconstrued by what they see on social media. Because again, social media is, it's, it's, it's about pictures. It's not about reality all the time. Exactly. So um, one of the things, that, and, and, I, and I'll share this as well, um, that we that I, that I want to share, especially with students, is something I posted on my, my Facebook today. And I said, students who are loved at home come to school to learn, but students who aren't loved at home come to school to be loved. And mm. I think that the business model for schools right now, most business owners or most school owners look at their students as a number. They look yep. at their students as a tuition yep. check. Yep. Where I think our businesses, because of who we are, because of because of how we were raised, how how our faith is is very clear to people. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yep, right? That's it. So mm-hmm. if so if our students don't know how much we love, like I tell all my students every day how much I love them. And I don't care if they had the worst day, if they give me their butts to kiss, it doesn't matter. I'm still gonna give them that I'm still gonna I'm gonna tell them some what they need to hear. All right. <laughs> but, I, but I'm but I'm also at the end of the day, I'm going to tell them I love them because they may not be hearing that at home. Yeah. You know, some of some of us, even even my older students, the student my students that are married and with children and stuff like that, they still may not be hearing I love you at home. So for me, it's important, number one, not only as a leader in our industry, but as a leader in our community to let people know, number one, how much I love them, to, to also encourage people to, to, to get a, a very strong education and, um, and to become lifelong learners. Yes. So even at, even at 24 years in the industry, I'm still taking classes. I'm still you know, developing myself. My wife and I, we're taking, um, we're taking a leadership class right now because we want to be better leaders and we want to learn how to, 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 to mesh well with um, millennials and the X-Geners, you know? So yes. being, in, being in a baby booming <laughs> generation, there's, there's a few differences, but, 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 but like I said earlier, education is not an option in our industry. It's a must. Everything is built around education and knowledge destroys fear. So the more knowledgeable we are about our industry, about, you know, seeking opportunities, understanding that opportunities don't go away to go to somebody else. Those, those are the things from a personal standpoint and also the things that we project to our students and in our community and our business. Those are the things that are going to take us from being good to great and then from great to becoming unstoppable. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. You just said so many good things. I don't know what to touch on first. Like, Roderick, you are phenomenal. I am so happy that I have the honor to know it, of knowing you and your family. 
Look, that's it right there. That was the whole message. But before we get um get going, I do you did bring up your wife, and I've met her. She's a beautiful woman. She's very talented. She's also in the beauty industry. She is. So how did that connection happen? I was just curious because you don't see a lot of people in the same industry together building something together and when you do it is amazing because my family and i you know we're together we work together we're sure. building something together and it's so important that i feel that families start to really think about that nowadays is how to build a business together community together um, empower people together so how did you and your wife connect and how did you both become a part of the industry well because you personally know her i can't give you the extended version of of, of how i feel that she was courting me, you know, um, you know, uh, honestly, um, she was, and it's kind of funny, we we're talking about social media. Um, she was looking to take a barbering class. She wanted to learn more about how to fade and, 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 and shape Afro textured hair. So she was like, she, one day she was just on Facebook and she was like, every time I open up Facebook, I see this guy and his name is Roderick Samuels. I see this guy. And so she reached out to me to come up to Michigan to teach a class. And I was like, oh, whatever. You know, she was like, yeah, I'm interested in this class, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is what my rate is, whatever the case may be. A year goes by. I don't hear anything from her. And then in my, in my messenger, I see this person come up again and say, hey, sorry for the delay. I had some things going on in life, but I still want that class. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> here we go again. Somebody wasting my time, you know? And um, and uh, we, we just started chatting on the phone. And my dad would always tell me, you know when you know, right? And, um, you know, we, we met and, and literally we just kind of really, really, sparked it off we just kind of kicked it off and it was really really amazing um but yeah she she uh, she's phenomenal and um she's helped me in so many different ways to grow not only as a, 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 a an artist but as a husband and as a dad and i think that um you know a lot of times especially with family businesses you know you want to leave something for generational wealth you you know my dad was talking to me the other day he was like i'm gonna leave your will i ain't gonna leave your bill you know, so I respect that, but, um, but, but I think that, 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 that's, that's the, the, the big thing about going and becoming your own boss and, and, and venturing into entrepreneurship is that, you know, a lot of people think when you, when you own your own business, especially if you are a husband and wife team or a brother and sister team or a family team, that you have gobs and gobs of money and that's not the case, you know, um, it's, it's such a big, big, big misconception, especially in the African-American community because of all the other stuff and crab in the barrel mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I, and that, that's another podcast for another yeah, day. But, yeah. um, but, but, you know, you know, God bless the child that has his own. And for us, it was it, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about numbers. It was about us continuing to grow in our professional careers. And this is what the next thing was going to be for us. So we've owned a salon. You know, she and I had our own businesses separate. I was in South Carolina. We dated long distance for two years. She, she still lived here in Detroit. And we were traveling back and forth, visiting each other. And while we were traveling back and forth, we were teaching. So sometimes I wouldn't come to Detroit. I would meet her in Florida. And we would teach at the Orlando premiere show. Wow. Or sometimes, you know, I'd be like, hey, we doing a show. 
and we would meet each other in New York. So we would, we would have our romantic time, but also it was about learning about each other, but also building our brand and building our business because we were t- teaching at the top shows in the country. So it that was just, beautiful. Thank you. We got got, got a pretty cool love story. You do. You two do have a good (laughs) love story. And I love it that you both are such great artists in the industry. You know, I mean, she's amazing. I've seen her work. She is amazing. You both are very diverse in your abilities and your talent. And you don't find that too often. And, you know, I do want to go into your um, solidarity. Yes. Your activism. Yes. Yes, so let's yes. talk about that for a minute. So what inspired you to really start being the voice of diversity in, in the beauty industry education area? So for, for me, you know, I think that for me, diversity or me having a diverse level of skills really helped to propel me in my career because it wasn't anywhere that, that I could, there wasn't anywhere that I couldn't go and make money because it didn't matter if it was straight hair or Afro textured hair or wavy or curly, or it really doesn't matter to me because I, I, I learned those skills or, and I sought after the education that I needed to help to fill those gaps. Um, so when I teach to my students, you know, I too want them to have those same uh, uh, opportunities that I was afforded by being able to service any and everybody. We don't, I don't want to put a cap on how much money our students can make because they're one trick pony for, for lack of a better word right now. Um, so solidarity kind of came up because, you know, it, it kind of came in lieu of the George Floyd murders and, and, and really kind of seeing that the, the view of the public when it comes down to standards in the beauty industry, it didn't look like me. It didn't look like mm-hmm. you. You know, when I, when we were, when my wife and I would go into school, we would go into the I'm not going to name names, but we would go into some of the top top schools, the major schools in our in our in our country, and we they would bring us in because of the fact that their students or they didn't have staff members to teach uh, Afro textured or, or curly hair. And and here's the thing, my wife is Caucasian. Mm-hmm. But she actually volunteered her time for four months working at an African American salon, doing doobie wraps, doing doing you know doing curls, um, uh, um, uh, doing relaxers. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. one that's one of the things that she felt. She said, "Well, if we're going to open up a salon in downtown Detroit." you and I need to be able to service anybody who walks through our door. And that's what kind of built the culture of hair lab, right? It's a laboratory. It's a lab, you know, it's a laboratory for hair. We're, we, we can experiment on every single fabric of hair that comes in our building. So I started to notice that there was a real big divide in number one, and this was years ago, barbers and stylists the education. If you're in cosmetology school, you know, most, most cosmetology schools and, and, and yours isn't like this because we've, we've conversed about that stuff and we've shared some, some, some tools, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make sure mm-hmm. that it's not. Um, most cosmetology schools will give their students a clipper and they'll just buzz a mannequin head. Like, oh, that's the clipper class. That's not yep. how it works. Yep. If you go to barber school, you know, especially here in the state of Michigan, there's no barber schools teaching color. We, our students are doing balayage. Oh. We, we had a manicuring class the other day. You know what I mean? It's so, amazing. But, but here's the thing. This is where solidarity comes in at because we don't want our students to be one-trick ponies. We want to make sure that wherever they go in the country, 
to work, they can service any and everybody who works through that door, whether you be black, white, half Spanish, Puerto Rican, plaid, Argyle, you know, white, black, it doesn't even matter. Long hair, short hair, it doesn't matter. All of our students have been trained to do every fabric of hair. So solidarity comes in because I need, I want to fight for unity, number one, but also diversity and inclusivity in curricula for all barber and cosmetology schools all across the nation. It's not happening. And it's starting to snowball now because you have all the African-American students, when a client comes into the clinic floor, the white instructors will send them to the black students. How are they learning about, I, I know how to do my hair. You know, I, I kind of know how to do my own mm -hmm. texture of hair. So I need more experience doing something that I'm not used to. Comfortably uncomfortable, like we talked yes, about. Yeah, say it, say it. So, so, so that needs to happen. And I'm working with the Professional Beauty Association. Um, I'm working with a couple other organizations out there um, that are going to help me to push this message so that it can be a global uh, uh, advocacy program um, to where schools that are lacking, number one, with their instructors, right? So if your instructors don't know anything about different textures or fabrics of hair, you can't help your students. And if you're training your students to only be one-trick ponies, it, it hurts the school's numbers because now we have people that are coming into the industry. You've read the report. Mm -hmm. Most cosmetology and barber school students stay in the industry for two years and then they quit. Yeah. Thank God the gainful employment is gone right now because yeah. <laughs> otherwise it would make school. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. It would make schools like ours. We would look down and we would lose our funding, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so that's where, that's where solidarity comes in. It's really just about, you know, bringing the nation together under one common goal and that's to have inclusivity and diversity in all training aspects and all fabrics of hair, starting with the instructors, starting with the business owners, um, and then also learning a little bit more about why having a very diverse curriculum is important to the growth of our industry. Yes. And oh, that is so good. Kudos to you. I appreciate you. Because this has been well overdue for many, many years. Yes. Um, I'm sure back when you went to school, it was the same thing. Um, I really admire the tenacity that you have to go out and make this difference. If listen, if we didn't have Roderick, who would be doing this right now? <laughs> Keith Sweat. <Right>? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. So I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you to you and your family for absolutely such a high standard in the industry for all of us. Um, we're in Flint, but we look up to you guys. We admire. Oh, thank you. You guys, we admire your passion. Because you know what? We know what it takes to run a school. It's a lot of work. People don't realize it is a lot of work and you need a team. Yes. And you need to build relationships and you need Absolutely. to be able to reach out to people. And so I appreciate you and your wife, the things that you guys are doing. And I'm so honored to actually have you on my podcast. Like, I'm so oh, excited. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not, ho I'm not Hollywood. I'm neighborhood. Oh, no, no, no. You Hollywood to me, okay? <laughs> But I appreciate you. I don't want to hold you. Um, no, no, not thing, at all. The last thing I want to ask before I let you go is can you just give us some encouraging, some encouraging words to the people that's out in the industry right now? Um, we have been experiencing a lot when it comes to COVID and 
the pandemic and people businesses maybe have slowed down but can you just give us some encouraging words that'll keep us lifted in spirit absolutely um this is this is probably one of my one of my most favorite quotes from a gentleman by the name of Napoleon Hill and he actually wrote the book Think and Grow Rich um and he was uh, I remember it was one chapter where he was talking um that uh, his wife was pregnant and the doctor was telling the him and his wife that um this the, the son was going to be born a deaf mute and he said well you know doctor I appreciate your professional you know, your professional acumen and, and all of that, but my son will be able to have a normal life. My son will be able to hear. And for months, for, for that nine months, he continued to speak to his son while he was in the womb, giving him positive affirmations, telling him what he could be and what he can be and what he will be and not worrying so much. Um, and after and after uh, he spoke with the doctor, um, he, he went outside and pulled a doctor to the side. And he said, um, there's nothing in this world that I can't do something about, even if it's just adjusting myself to an unpleasant situation so it does not steal my spirit. Mm -hmm. And right now, what's going on in our industry and also the world, there's tons and tons of things that can steal our spirit. But remember, if you adjust yourself, to these unpleasant situations and not allow them to steal your spirit, you're going to start off at good, you're going to go to great, and then you're going to become unstoppable. unstoppable. Because everybody needs a champion. Everybody needs an adult or a person that's going to be their, their cheerleader and, and, and going to be there for them when times are tough. And um, for those people that are out there, that need someone to, to lean on or somebody to talk to, please feel free to send me an email. It's Roderick at HairLabDetroitBarberSchool.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, I do follow back. And if you guys need anything, if there's anything that I can do to help you just personally in business, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, because at some point, we all have to be each other's crutches. And you know, who's to say when my day is going to come and I need somebody too. So the universe blesses a cheerful giver and I may not have the money to give people to help them. All right. But I do have time. And that's one of our most precious assets. And if I can give you my time to help you out, Corinthian, you, anybody, you already know I'm there for you and all of your listeners. So anything I can do for you guys, just know I'm right here. I appreciate you so much. I almost you touched myself. Such, uh, you saw me. <laughs> you know what? You have such a, mm. a, a heart of gold. You are just so pure. You're just so amazing to me. Thank you so much for sharing Thank with you. us today. I really appreciate you. Not a problem. Anytime. I really appreciate you. Anytime. Did you all enjoy that episode or what? Listen, Roderick and his family, his wife, they are an amazing team. They are amazing people to connect with in this industry. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. I hope you all gained a lot of encouraging words, a lot of encouraging ways to keep yourself lifted in spirit and keep moving forward and never giving up. One thing I wanna point out is that how diversity in the beauty industry is so important. And that is why I love natural hair education because it gives others the opportunity 
to actually dive into natural hair, textured hair, afro hair, curly hair, and learn more styles and ways to keep up with knowing how to care for, manage, style, all those things is so important. You don't want to be a person that can't perform different services on different hair types because you did not invest in yourself or invest in the education that was needed for you to be successful in all hair types and textures. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to continue to educate, empower, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I'll see you next time and thank you for listening.